Hi, today I'd like to talk to you about search. Previously, we've talked about ways to model uncertainty and also how to make estimations about a particular system when we're observing it from the outside or when we don't have perfect information. At this point, we've almost got enough components to attempt to make an autonomous system, but at this point, we've also never haven't enabled our autonomous systems to make complex decisions for itself. This is why we want to be able to uh, encode search, or we want to be able to enable a system to make an evaluation of a succession of decisions or a succession of actions when there are multiple choices and possibly multiple choices at every level. So as a consequence of being able to do search, our autonomous system should be able to complete a uh, successive uh, grouping of actions. In 601, we're going to be searching state spaces. And searching state spaces borrows a lot of ideas from state transition diagrams or what we already know about state machines. When we're searching a state space, we want to know what states we're searching, what the transitions between them are going to look like, or have access to the transitions from a given state to all the states that are its neighbors. We're going to want the start state to be specified so we know where to begin. We want a goal test, which actually specifies what we're looking for as a consequence of the search. Or if we get to a state and we want to know whether or not we're done, we use our goal test. And it could look at the output of the state or actually just the state name, that sort of thing. The other thing that we're going to have while we're searching is a legal action list. The searches that we're going to do today, you and I are going to be able to see the entire state transition diagram at once. But if we're encoding how to search on our robot, our robot can't see the entire state transition diagram at once, because if it could, then it wouldn't have to do search. It would know how to get there from here. Therefore, we give our system a legal action list, or all the actions that it should attempt to do at a given state. It's entirely possible that there aren't legal transitions at every state for every legal action, but it's good to have an exhaustive list of things to try and see if they succeed or fail. And as a consequence, what states you end up visiting every time you try to do one of these. Being able to do search is great, but we also want to be able to keep track of search, keep track of where we searched and how, so that once we're done searching, we can actually execute the best thing. We're going to use a search tree to keep track of where we've been and how we got there. Search tree is going to be comprised of nodes. It's otherwise going to look like a directed acyclic graph, and it's going to have a lot of similarity to any particular state transition diagram that we end up searching. But it's going to have nodes instead of states. Nodes are different. Nodes represent both the state that you've expanded as a consequence of being in that uh, state you've visited as a consequence of um, expanding its parent node the parent node, or the place that you came from as a consequence of getting to that node, and the transition that you made in order to get there, or the action that happened that got you from the parent node to the child node. Keeping track of a list of nodes is known as a path, or it specifies where you've been and how you've got there. And if you're at a given node, you can actually use the reference to the parent node and the action to trace back from whatever node you're at currently to its parent node, to its parent node, to its parent node, and then finally get back to the start state. At that point, you'll know what path to take. So the only thing left to do is, how do you figure out which paths to follow first? That's where the agenda comes in. The agenda is going to be the collection of all partial paths you've ever uh, created, 
as a consequence of expanding paths and then expanding nodes and then putting its child nodes on a partial path meant for future expansion. The order in which you add and remove things to the agenda is going to determine what your search tree looks like. That's a lot of information. At this point, I'm going to go over an example. We're going to search the state transition diagram. We're going to start at A. And our goal test would be whether or not our state was equal to E. Today, we're going to try two different kinds of basic search. One is referred to as breadth-first search, or BFS. And one is referred to as depth-first search, or DFS. Breadth-first search refers to the idea that as you build your search tree, you're going to exhaustively expand all the nodes at a given level before advancing to the next level, or the, all the given nodes at a given depth before exp expanding to the next depth. This means you're being very thorough. It also means that you're guaranteed to find the shortest path from your start node to the goal if it exists. Depth-first search is the opposite. As a consequence of depth-first search, you're going to expand all the nodes in a given branch as far down the tree as you possibly can before advancing to the next branch. It takes up a lot less space than breadth-first search, but it's not guaranteed to find the optimal path. Another way to think about these two types of search is that if you're doing breadth-first search, then your agenda acts as a queue. First items in, or first partial paths that you discover, are the first items out, or the first partial paths that you end up expanding. Depth-first search is when the agenda is used as a stack, or the first partial paths that you visit are the first partial paths, or the most recent partial paths that you visited are going to be the partial paths that you first expand. First in, last out, or last in, first out. Let me walk through a couple iterations on the state transition diagram, and hopefully it'll be clear what's going on. The first thing that happens is that you end up visiting and expanding the start node. That's pretty straightforward. So the path A is going to be added to both agendas, and the node A is going to be visited first on both search trees. If in the general sense, I say that I'm going to make a transition to states in alphabetical order, and that's the order in which I'm going to add them to my agenda, that's going to be reflected in what I write up here. Let's say that I'm going to visit new nodes in alphabetical order. So nodes I would visit are A, B, or, or B and C, and I'm going to add A, B, and A, C to my agenda. Here's where the difference between breadth-first search and depth-first search comes in. In breadth-first search, 
because I'm following the convention first in, first out, if I place the partial path AB in my agenda first, then I'm going to expand B as a consequence of the partial path AB first. So when I go to B, I'm actually going to expand B now. I'm going to look at the nodes that I can visit as a consequence of expanding B. The ones that I can ex visit are C and D. And I'm going to add the partial paths A, B, C, and A, B, D to my agenda. So AC, I'm just going to move to the front of the queue, or the agenda. And I'm going to add A, B, C, and A, B, D. And I got there through B. So I'm going to add C and D here. Def first search grabs from the opposite end of the agenda. So the first thing I'm going to look at is AC. I'm going to expand to C. Look at the nodes that I can reach as a consequence of expanding C and visit B and D. AB is still hanging out here. I popped off AC to use it in order to expand C's children. And I'm going to add ACB first and ACD second. Note that our search trees already look different. And we'll actually end up reaching the goal using one of these search strategies first than the other, or you know, as opposed to the other. If I go back to breadth first search, I'm going to pop the partial path AC off the front of uh, my agenda. I'm going to expand C. Expanding C gets me B and D. I'm going to move over my existing partial paths. And add ACB and ACD. I've staggered these in order to indicate that they're a consequence of a third iteration of breadth first search, but they're actually considered to be at the same depth since their parents are considered to be at the same depth since their parents are parents of the start node. That's the defining feature of breadth first search, is the fact that we're going to exhaustively search a given depth in our search tree before advancing to the next uh, depth level. If I want run one more iteration of depth first search, again, I'm popping uh, partial paths off this end of the agenda. I'm going to expand D. D has one transition available to a node. 
And in plain old-fashioned breadth-first search and depth-first search, I run my goal test when I visit a node. So at this point, I would test whether or not E was my goal test. I would discover it's my goal test. I would, my search would return successfully and return the path found. So AB and ACB remain on the agenda. I popped off ACD in order to expand D. And I found this path. At this point, I've concluded depth-first search. I'm going to do one more round of breadth-first search to demonstrate an important rule. If I pop ABC off the agenda and move all these over, if I'm looking at A, B, C, and I look at the children of C, the two children of C are B and D. So the first partial path that I would end up adding to the agenda as a consequence of expanding C in this case would be A, B, C, B. And it would look like this. You'll notice that we're going to create an infinite loop. And the there are two basic rules of basic search that I need to emphasize now to prevent you from doing things like creating an infinite loop. If you look in the textbook, they're called how to not be completely stupid. <laughs> if at any point you are visiting a node in your partial path that it already exists in your partial path, don't add it to that partial path. You'll prevent yourself from creating a cycle. Because if you visit the same node more than once, you've actually done more work than you need to. The second rule, and it's not demonstrated well on this state transition diagram, but for instance, if I had two arrows from B to D, there's no particular reason to consider both of these actions. And if you have a state transition diagram that allows multiple transitions from one state to another, based on different actions, then you need to come up with some sort of rule to decide between the two actions. That's the second rule of how to not be completely stupid, is if you have more than one transition from one state to another as a consequence of doing search, pick one and come up with a rule to pick one. This covers basic search. Next week, I'm going to talk about dynamic programming, costs, and heuristics. <laughs>